Hey, Joe, how are you doing? I'm good, James. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's your favorite subject. It's cold. But anyway, that's Joe Linehan in San Antonio. I'm James Smith in Austin. And he, here we go. Another TX Water Polo Podcast. We, we have to lead. Look, you don't like talking about the weather. I get it. But last night, my, my kids had such a good time because it was freezing. It was like, th- not literally, but it was about 40. It was 47 degrees outside and like the wind chill of 40. And they were just yucking it up. They loved it. So yeah, because they're in the nice warm pool. And, yeah. you're, and then you're the coach that's uh, wearing your sweatshirt uh, kind of kind of with a parka kind of over top. You so. should see how bundled up I was. In fact, I forgot my scarf, which is like the single greatest instrument of staying warm of all time. Meanwhile, my assistant, Coach Matt, is from Chicago. So he took off his jacket just to show that he could deal with the cold. And then... Mid, and we set off the kids on a set where they had to get out of they call it like a dirty dozen and they have to get out of the pool and do jumping jacks and stuff in between. You made them get out of the pool yep. yesterday. Yeah, really? it was on the it was on the agenda anyway. Somebody said uh, I blamed it on Coach Matt. That's what so. you do. That's what yeah. you can do that. And and so somebody asked me, hey, well, why don't you change your mind? I was like, hey, my hands are tied. What, what can I do? It's okay. been decided already. Anyway, I am I am I'm I'm on the side of the kids there. So <laughs> they had a good time. I had a chance to go watch my niece play softball yesterday, and I said, I told my sister, I'm not going to make it today. It's going to be in the 40s. That's okay. I'm not prepared for the cold just yet. (laughs) Maybe next week. I I actually kind of like it. It's it's good to have the – I mean, I I was getting bitten by mosquitoes last week, you know, so now this is a good change of weather. Anyway, all right. Um, a couple of things on the, today's agenda. The number one is really the Texas Challenge Cup. It's coming in two weekends, um, and Joe and I already talk, talked about this a little bit, but I, I wanted to cover it sort of now as best as we can because there's a bunch of teams coming from outside the state, um, which is really, really good news, and uh, I'm getting texts from some of them every once in a while. I'm sure you are too. And so um, we've been getting questions. I've been getting questions about what's really going on. Obviously, I have a team that's being entered, um, and then and you do too. So we can just simply share, and we're going to talk with Chris Cullen later, who's the tournament director, uh, right? Isn't he? He's definitely the head coach at Thunder. Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so just do almost like a public service. I'm not even being sarcastic about that for a change and, and just let people understand what it is we know as of now and how things are going to work there. So, but, but I actually, let's just start with the teams. Cause this is, um, it's a, the, the schedule or not the schedule, but the, uh, the, the rosters are set or the team rosters are set. Right. So like what, what are the, what are all, let's go through all the teams and it doesn't, you know, they might have multiple teams, 12s, 14s, whatever, but what are the teams that are coming into town and what are the teams that we already know are uh, local? So we got some clubs that are coming in from, uh, not, yeah, not we, but yeah, but Thunder has some clubs that are coming in for their tournament here. You got Gold Coast is coming back. So I guess they had a good time at the Central Texas. Yeah. Festival. Yeah. They're coming back and they're also bringing, they're, they're bringing their, their two boys teams again and they're bringing a 12s, a 12U team as well. We have Exeter. Um, I'm not quite sure exactly where they're from, but they're from California. They're an all-girls club. From they're California. from east of Visalia, which I is, figured you knew. Yeah. So, and then for the 800 mixed division, there's going to be there and there's uh, there is 680 drivers are coming. We have sets coming. 
Um, we have T Hills is coming. And we have Gold Country, which is a club outside of Sacramento. So. You have to describe T Hills is two Latin Hills from Oregon. So there's a the California, Oregon, and Texas teams are involved in this tournament. That's pretty sweet. And then the usual sus- suspects for uh, for Texas teams. Yeah, like I think I think Thunder and Pegasus and Caltown. Um, I think you guys are entering a like a fourteen hundred team from mm-hmm. Aquatex. Yeah, you got. Um, Lone Star Mavericks has entered a girls and a 12U team. You got Viper Pigeons, of course, is like kind of entered and Southside. So, okay. Yeah. I, I think I hit everybody. So, yeah, that's uh, so anyway, looking forward to that. Um, the, the, I guess the news of the week is um, so there are no spectators that are going to be allowed. At least we're, we're speaking about what we know as of today. And it just seems like some of these things won't change. Maybe they will, but it seems like these are sort of solidly. These are solid things that are going to take place. So number one, I'm going to note from Chris Cullen that there will be no spectators allowed. But there is one major exception, which I interpret this as saying that what Thunder is going to ask is for volunteers of some kind to come and stream every game. And so that's your understanding sort of as well? I'm not quite sure what they're doing. I think obviously they found out last week that there's no spectators and they made that announcement. Um, but they're going to have some sort of streaming capabilities. Either teams come and do it themselves or they're going to have kind of some sort of platform that they have. I mean, I think they're still trying to figure it out. So. Right. Okay. Um, I'm asked, Yeah. Uh, you can ask Chris a little bit. About yeah. Then we'll talk to him about that. What, what he knows. Um, I, I had an idea, which was that, uh, you know, we've watched games from California, for example, when uh, teams from Texas are out there and they stream it on the, the, the late great Periscope or some other thing, Facebook Live or all, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm interested in in a in a volunteer who does a very good job. I, I'm I want to monitor as many of these live streams as possible, and then you know, TX Waterpolo may work with you in the future to do streaming. So just keep that in mind. Well, the like the difficult part with streaming, just in general, um, I know that. Um, I have like a developmental group, the Mavericks group. They've been doing some streaming of some game days up in North Texas because right. spectators are, 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 are not allowed. And some issues that I've heard from some parents are like, well, I can't tell which kid's mine. I go, well, you know, you can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't tell that on the Olympics except if it's up close. Yeah. And I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult to see that in water polo. That's just the nature of the beast. So I can't, I mean, the lighting is not going to be all that great because it's not, it's not, it's not set up for that, you know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think any type of streaming, any type of platform is going to be great for the people that cannot get into the facility to watch. Right. And, um, the streaming is required from my understanding, meaning that, uh, if you're not going to allow spectators and you have kids playing, then you have to have it somehow, you have to have eyes on it somehow. I don't know about the it being required. Okay, this is what I was told by my uh, my swim coach boss, which may be only I, for swimming. I believe that's for us. That's a USA swimming, and game. understandably so. Yeah. So okay, um, the locations are the west side and east side of the the LISD. Which um, groups are going to which pool? As far as you know, um, the eighteen new boys and the sixteen new boys are going to be at the Louisville. Westside Aquatic Center. I think they have 20 teams there. And then they have 20 teams over at the Louisville Eastside Aquatic Center for the 18 are girls, the 14 are mixed, and 12 and under mixed. Oh, wow. That's how many, that's incredible. All right. That's a lot of teams. I, I figured there would be both boys and girls over at um, Westside, but yeah. I just think they're just it. trying to, to even out the number of teams. So it's not necessarily, you know, 
like if like if there were some more girls teams, they and they might have had the A10 or mixed over at the East Side Pool. It's okay. just they're just trying to get 20 teams at both groups. Understood. Um, and I can't remember how far apart are these two facilities. Probably about 25 or 30 minutes. Oh wow, that's even more than I thought. I mean, it, uh, maybe a, a little bit less than that, but I mean, it just depends on traffic as yeah. always. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I think that might be all we have for this. Is there anything else you want to talk about with the, the old Central Texas Festival? I'm just looking for, again, it's just an opportunity for the kids to play and compete. Um, we have some clubs, we have some local clubs that, that did not compete last time that are competing this time. Right. So um, I think it's great that there are a lot of out of Texas teams coming. So, so it's going to be just, it's a different type of atmosphere. I'll, I'll like just obviously without spectators and stuff like that, it's going to be different, but it's also gonna be different because there's gonna be teams that people don't normally get to play unless right. they go out to California for JOs. So it's, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun weekend. So. I can't wait. Like all these teams that have never really set foot in the state and, uh, you know, it's just, things are different here, which is good. I mean, I'm obviously here. I prefer it. So it's going to be interesting to see what they, how they react to all of this. I mean, actually, you know, teams like Rose Bowl and them have come out here for a tier cup in the past. So anyway, but it's, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see them. All right. Um, for the time being, that'll be enough of the central Texas festival. We'll come back later with Chris Cullen and other stuff right after this. All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Max Irving from the U.S. Men's Senior National Team. And to get all things Texas water polo, I'm listening to the TX Water Polo Podcast. It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. Uh, we, it's a bit of a lean week. I mean, look, we're in the middle of a pandemic, for crying out loud. And the fact that we have a whole bunch of tournaments on the on the calendar is actually something that's a, extremely positive. But... Boy, it would be even busier if it weren't for the for the sake of this uh, virus. In case you didn't figure that out already, but um, one thing to just lead with is an uh, update on ODP, which is there is no update. It's still we're still waiting to hear from our friends at Pearland, and apparently, the, our event, which is supposed to be on the twenty second and has not been approved yet, so don't go check uh, trying to register, um, is sort of stuck behind another event that's being considered by the city. Not and so, the same weekend. Not the same weekend. Yes, thank you for the, for clarifying that. It's a. It, it's not as though we're we're jousting with that that date. Um, and then I've been told that after that the decision will be made. So we're. I'm just sitting on my hands, Joe. For you, but look, if you've got any any say in the matter, you know, go ahead and give them that Joe Linehan call. I've already done my part. So <clears throat> you're the one that has to close the deal for it. So. I do have to close it with my uh, with Daniel Cox from Southside. He's been extraordinarily oh, helpful. Well, Daniel Cox has been helpful. He's not extraordinarily. He's just helping out. Yeah, so. of course. Um, other news was that there was a, supposed to be a tournament in Croatia for the national team men. Uh, we reported on this a little bit on Total Water Polo. The tournament was canceled. Um, one player from Croatia, my understanding, tested positive. So therefore, they had to just shut the whole thing down. And it affects uh, us in the sense that Basically, every male U.S. men's national senior team member was over in Greece or elsewhere in Europe. 
uh, as this tournament was approaching, and now they got no place to play. Um, they're, so I, I think you said to me, right, they, they've all gone back to their, their pro teams for the moment. Is that right? I mean, I just assume they have. I mean, all uh, kind of most of the men's national team is over in, in Europe playing professionally. Yeah. And then they're getting together in Greece once a month, and this month was going to be part of a tournament and stuff like that. Right. So I'd assume they're back, they're playing, and they'll get back together in December at some point, which yeah. is great. I'm, I'm just glad that they're playing because, you know, we do have an Olympics next summer. <laughs> well, that's in theory. That's right. Um, I, I was really looking forward to watching this tournament, actually, because we have the n- biggest number of American men's player playing in Europe uh, that we've ever had. And there are reasons for that. Uh, they, uh, you know, the NCAA eligible players are playing for free. So it's not as though, you know, there's a big outlay to get those guys in, but still getting very experienced. My understanding is that that uh, tournament is going to be rescheduled for December, but who knows? There's a big spike in Europe. There's a big spike in Croatia from my understanding. So I mean, who really knows? Um, But at least it gives a little bit of hope. And it's just a little three-team tournament. I think Hungary, Croatia, was it, maybe it was four. Hungary, Croatia, Montenegro, USA. I got to go look that up. But yeah, just a small uh, tournament. Uh, but it would have been very telling to see how this American team is. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, and I mean, it's going to be good. I mean, everybody has their own challenges. Every yeah. nation, every men's team, and we also have our women's teams training out in California right now. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I don't. I know less about that, so that's the only reason I don't mention it so much. Is is uh, obviously their travel plans are not so exotic. They're not heading over to Greece because they're the best team in the world and they can train at home just fine. So in California, but uh, but yeah, that's my understanding is that they've been training as well recently. Yeah, exactly. I think they've been training. I think they're building up to go to a tournament in December as well. I'm not quite sure exactly which one. I'll know on a later podcast. Okay, good. Um, all right. So, Joe, let's talk about these new rules. We mentioned it last week that we would talk a little bit about it. Um, the Our tournament at the Central Texas Festival um, utilized them. I would say that they were implemented in a... Uh, in a maybe a sporadic way, at least according to what I was expecting or what I was accustomed to, but maybe we should just sort of walk through what it is that the, the athletes who are going to the Texas challenge cup are going to see maybe for the first time. Well, I mean, just again, I mean, the central Texas festival was the first time that anybody had played in what, six, seven months. Right. So, and that was also the first time that people had refed in six, seven months. So it's new for everybody. Now, these are the rules that were implemented at the beginning of 2020. Um, Some of the rules were implemented at the beginning of 2020. 2019, they were definitely kind of, kind of implement. Uh, all of the rules were implemented during ODP yes. in 2019, mm-hmm. and again this upcoming or at the beginning of 2020. Um, but the major new rule is just um, there is no more five meter line, or the five meter line is only used for penalty shots only now. For now, and the five meter line was moved back to six meters. So outside of six, you have the um, the foul and come up, and you have the option to do the uh, like the direct shot. But if you do not do the direct shot um, or do a direct pass uh, right away, you have to pop the ball, which is, is just passing the ball up to yourself and make sure everybody knows that you did it, the refs, the other team, the parents in the stands. And then that's and then that's the signal for the defense can now start playing defense again. Yep. And, and you can now also fake, fake, fake and shoot after you pop the ball to yourself yes. or swim it in and go shoot. Yeah. Now, um, which is a huge a huge difference there. And I'd like the rule. I, I was a little skeptical kind of when I first saw it. Um, 
like like before I really saw it at Utah in January. But I do like the rule because it eliminates the three second rule or the um, like the reasonable amount of time. It's now if the player does not put the ball in play, the official should turn the ball over. Yes. Or if and then or if the player puts the ball in play, then the defense knows kind of when to come back. It's like it's black and white now. It's not. It's there's there we are eliminating like the gray area. So uh, I'm not sure it's that black and white, but it's a it's a clarification because the question still remains: How long do I have to put the ball in play before the the referee turns it over? And I would argue, based on my own personal observations at the Central Texas or the, at the Central Texas Festival, is okay. Referees are rusty. I get it, but that call where the ball needs to get popped was undercalled by yes, far. It, yes, it was, and because that's. It, it is a new rule. It is a new it is a new interpretation. But what I would say is it's always been that case. You don't know what the time to put the ball in play is. That's that's going to differ between oh, kind of referee to referee. There's going to be refs that they want you to do it right away. There, there's going to be refs that are, are going to give you, are going to give you four or five seconds. You're supposed to do it right away. You're not supposed to look around and then pass. Mm. You have to come up after foul, pass the ball right away or shoot the ball outside of six kind of right away or pop the ball. You have to, it, yeah, it should be done right away. And if it's not, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it should be a turnover. So, um, but the clarification to me is it's more about the defense where the defense, it used to, they used to foul and come back. Then the defense used to be taught, well, it's, it's going to be three seconds when, and then they three, two, one, and then they go back out them and the referee, you used to kick them out for going in, like the interfering with the free pass. Because right. like, no, it was three seconds. Oh my yeah. god! But now it's like, no, you cannot go back out to that person unless they pop the ball. They put it in play, one way or the other. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I like the rule. Um, I and I think it makes it simpler. Um, and anything to make things simpler for everybody, the spectators, the referees, the coaches, the players. I am okay with. I think that the idea also was to try to open up things in the middle. Um, and I think that they had statistics. I think John Abdu even had statistics on how much more scoring there was after the implementation of this new rule and how much more sen- uh, scoring from movement and from center play took place. Now, I don't know if that's still the case because I have to say, I've been watching these rules for ODP at least for a year. And it helps a little bit, but people are playing, generally speaking, the same kind of defense that they were before. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that the, that the that there was this. There were those who were touting the new rules as a way of reestablishing what water polo looked like in the '80s, where it was almost all from movement, everything. You know, so it's not quite there that way, but it does. But the, that and the inside six meter penalty call are making the that inside water stuff far more straightforward, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, exactly. And in theory, for those that can't though, that don't understand what, what kind of what, what kind of what we're talking about, in theory, what's supposed to happen now is it's used to be able to to maybe foul on the perimeter and help back if they don't shoot right away. And now then everybody presses, and you know you can stay back and help, right? Well, now. With the new rules, they can pop the ball, they can fake, 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 and then they can still shoot the ball right now, right? If your state crashed, yep. So in theory, it's supposed to like, it's not as advantageous to go help in center as much, which is going to open up that area and open up a little bit more uh, like, you know, driving and movement and such. Now, that that new rule outside of six, everything that's outside of six is also for corner throws. So whenever the goalie kind of tips the ball out, it's a corner throw. 
and off of a corner throw, you can now do a direct shot. You can pop the ball and swim it in and go shoot. So, um, so you can definitely do that. Now, here's where it gets a little confusing, though. The 12 and under rules. You cannot do direct shots in 12 and under. Right. But you can pop the ball, fake, 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 and shoot. Yeah, that is confusing. But no, but I, hopefully I just explained it. So, <laughs> no, but, well, I mean, I would only argue, like, why isn't it all unified? We've gone back and forth where the 12s or 10s or whatever have different rules in the past before. So, anyway. I do like how the direct shot doesn't just, you don't have the direct shot. Yeah. Because, because the reason that they implemented that is you can just pass the ball to the one big kid. They get fouled. They come up and shoot. It's yeah. like the kid that just grew big before everybody else. And that's no fun to really watch or play, actually. Yeah, and it's you boring. want to grow the sport. So this is getting more kids involved, stuff like that. It was a little confusing at first. I think we did the Dare to Dream tournament last January. And uh, that that was a little bit of a conversation with the referees. No, you the, the 12s can do that. The 10s can do that. Like foul, pop the ball, fake, 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 shoot. They yeah. can do that. Yeah. But, but because they pop the ball, the defense can go guard them. That's right. That's the thing. That, to me, is the whole part about putting the ball in play. The, again, the way that you put it was, yes, you can sit up there, you can pop the ball, move up, fake, shoot the ball, except that just basically never happens. Like, you're always going to get pressed after that. That I have yet to see an occasion, and I'm sure it's happened, but I haven't seen it, where you have a foul and then the, the, uh, the defender you know, drops and stays there. Well, yeah, yeah. Number one, you can't do that at twelves because there's no right. zone defense. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not as advantageous to help back anymore. So yeah. hence, that's opening up the uh, pool a little bit for more movement and stuff like that. And in theory, over time, coaches are going to adjust and adapt. This is still new to everybody. Oh yeah. So this is. I mean, uh, normally at this point, we would have Texas kids that have played 150 games with the new rules. Right. But we don't have that right now. No, we have kids that have played 10 or 20 games, maybe. Tops. Yeah. You know what the uh, fun rule is that was changed was the goalie play and coming past half tank and running. It's so it's like hockey, you know, where you're. <laughs> it, well, it's almost like pulling the goalie, except you just put the goalie into the field, and then you can do exactly what you just said: pop the ball and shoot right away. Of course, it's hugely risky, but it is fun to watch. No, yeah, it's fun to watch, and the, the options are like you know the seven on fives, yeah. or even or even a seven on four. Um, and, uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's fun. Like it used to be like, you know, it also used to be where, and not even taking the goalie out of it, where you put the ball in play after a timeout, that player cannot shoot. Right. Now that player now can, can shoot. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's, it's, a, it's, there's are some very good things that everybody is starting to figure out now. And, um, and people are, are going to take advantage. There's a lot of very smart coaches out there. Yeah. It's going to be quick, uh, quick learning, I would say. And a lot of these rules resemble stuff from the past. I'll be honest, like the popping the ball, that's not foreign to me at all. That used to be the case that we would, you know, have to do that back in the old day. So, um, I, I don't know if you remember the same thing, but I certainly do. All right. Um, I think we're done with this. Section. Hi, this is Natalie Benson, and you are listening to a podcast about water polo in Texas. All right, 
we promised Chris Cullen. He's the club director at Thunder. It's North Texas Thunder Water Polo. That's the official name, right, Chris? Correct, with USA Water Polo, but we normally just go by Thunder, I think, because there's a uh, Orlando Thunder. Oh, so okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're from Texas and you don't know what Thunder means, then it's, uh, you know, you've been out of it for a little bit. So um, Joe and I had been talking before about what is going to happen at this Texas Challenge Cup. And the real question is, aside from having um, a, a list of, of, of uh, teams that are coming in from outside of California or outside of Texas, which is kind of cool, is basically what can you tell us at this point about a couple of things? One is what will the rules be for related to COVID? And then secondly, we know that there's an interest in streaming these games. Maybe we can talk about that a, a little bit later about how that is going to be done as far as you know, right now. Sure. Um, the thing, the facility restrictions are going to be, there's no going to be, not going to be any spectators. So uh, the athletes will be required to wear masks the, uh, anytime they're not in the water. So even on the bench, they could. And so there's going to be social distancing in, on the bench as well. So there'll be some, uh, you know, larger benches, uh, tip and roll type bleachers that allow the athletes to sit a little farther apart. Okay. Uh, the tables will have, you know, two table workers that will be socially distanced and uh, wearing masks. And so um, we as Thunder, are, we're, I believe we're in the process of getting a, uh, you know, purchasing an app that uh, will license for four different games and then either provide volunteers for ourselves, but if the outside teams want to provide a um, photographer or sorry, a filmographer, mm -hmm. and then that, you know, they, you know, we'll give them the instructions. They can download the app. They can uh, uh, stream it. And it has a little interface in which, which the person can um, put the score up and then they can also, um, oh, cool. what it'll do is record it and then it'll be archived. So somebody could watch it an hour later. So it'll be live or, so they can either watch it through the app or they can watch it through the um, through the web interface. Okay. So that that's our tentative plans right now. So because I think it was you know a reasonable price per license, and so we could do four licenses, and then um, either anybody who has you know because there's the school's not providing Wi-Fi for us, so somebody's going to have to use their phone or you know enabled iPad with the data plan so that they can do it. So either use some of our own parents or people, you know, we'd like to give the opportunities to maybe some other uh, platforms, but have them all kind of put together in one place. So it'd be easy to find. So. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, th that actually makes a big difference knowing a couple things. One is that, uh, that it's a singular app and that those who are willing to download it and, uh, and to film the games are, are going to be encouraged to do so, but also that to, to remind people, and this is a reminder for me too, because it's a bit of a pain, but there is no Wi-Fi at that facility, or at least there's no Wi-Fi on offer, I guess. Right. So like from, to the public, that's, it's really only available. Correct. They have a, like their students and teachers, they very, uh, restrictive on their, um, access to the understand uh, Wi-Fi. I so. get it. I understand. I understand why it's still a pain in the butt because I'm trying to report right. from there. Um, uh, okay. Uh, so again, masks are required from everyone. There's no spectators. There's lots of social distancing. Um, anything like temperature checks before they go in, or or is that uh, have you basically gone over what what the requirements are going to be? I believe um, I'd have to pull up all the exact details. And th they sent me a draft that they were getting approved by the uh, their athletic department. Okay. And um, but so the last draft I have, it will, so there's no uh, no locker room usage. So 
uh, the athletes are going to enter the, 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 we're staggering the starts of the games. Yes. On, one pool will be on the hour and the other one will be on the 30 minutes, you know, of the half hour. Mm-hmm. And so um, then there'll be, the games will be played. We're playing six minute quarters. And so those games will finish in about 45 minutes. And then the next team will be able to have that 15, 10 to 15 minutes in front of the cage before the, the next game starts. Um, so they're going to be allowed in 30 minutes before their game time starts. Um, no locker room usage. There's going to be a designated like a dry land meeting area mm-hmm. where the, the referees can check IDs and, you know, coaches can talk and do stretching and those kind of things. Um, I, no, no temperature checks from what I see. Okay. And that's, Basically, I mean, so there's restroom usage just for restroom, but not for changing. So they right. don't want uh, hanging out and multiple kids hanging out in there so that it's so they can. So once the game's over, they're going to leave. And yeah. then and so there's not any coach hospitality or there's not any referee hospitality. I believe we'll be providing, you know, box lunches for the, the referees so that instead of having for them having to, you know, they have to leave the building, but when they're not working. So I'm sure that will play in a part. And when they schedule the referees, they'll try to put them consecutive ones. So they don't have to leave, you know, leave every other game kind of thing. So leave the building. So, so it sounds to me that you had some lessons that you learned from the, the um, central Texas festival. Although the big difference really is that your facilities are indoors as opposed to outdoors. Correct. Oh, and so there's no halftime switch as well because it's all deep. So there's yeah. no, it doesn't necessitate switching sides. And um, yeah, it's uh, it, the spectator, no spectators because they're only, you know, they're not allowing uh, the, the school district is not allowing any at this time. So, right. Um, I, I don't want, this is not a gotcha question. I'm actually genuinely curious. What I've been telling my parents and I've been telling others who are interested in what's going on in Texas is that I've not heard of a single case uh, that has taken place that can reasonably be attributed to the tournament that we hosted in Round Rock and Cedar Park. And I don't know whether you have any input on that as well. Have, are you familiar with any of the athletes in your region picking up, on, uh, picking up COVID? I have not heard of any of our athletes. Um, you know, they're like, I mean, privacy concerns, but like the sure. only in our we've only had a few that have contacted me and it's been at school and they didn't, they, they were just exposed to somebody at their school and then they, you know, you know, did their self quarantine and then, then they returned when, you know, they didn't have it and they, they never, I'm not aware of any positive cases on our, in our club. So, but that's, and and none related to any kind of the, the, the past tournament. So that's, you know, that's, my uh, that's our status that we we we're not I'm not aware of anything that has been occurred so and that was okay. what three or four weeks ago so and you're the swim coach at Geyer and I don't know what it is that you're doing at this point what kind of workouts you're holding if any um but what can you tell us about that in regards to COVID whether you're you, you know you've had any any scares uh well I'm aquatics director for the school district so we have a swim coach for every each high school and each high school's been running their practices. And so uh, we let them run it what they're comfortable with. And some schools are, you know, maintaining distancing while the, you know, starting kids in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, and some schools are, you know, 
running it like it's football practice where, you know, when you're working out, you're working out and there's no mask and you don't have to stay distanced. And when you're out of the water, finish working out, you put your mask on. And so, and we've had no cases in Denton ISD. So, okay. or yeah. sorry, swimming. I, I mean, yes, I'm sure there's been some in Denton ISD, but like, <laughs> uh, so like we've not had any swim team related. Yeah. Yeah, my daughter's private school here in Austin had a case announced yesterday. And it was funny because it was a, you know, I, I understand why, but it was a person who hasn't been to school, like they've been home, you know, the whole time. So that I, I know it's happening. Um, and I'm just endlessly curious about ensuring that uh, as best as possible, that com competition in the pool is as, uh, as I'm going to use the word safe, it's never going to be completely safe, but as safe as reasonable again. And so far, the evidence, at least far, as far as I can tell, is that there's really been no consequence to our tournament that we held a couple of weeks ago. And that we can, I'll say this, you don't have to, but that we can expect the same from your tournament. Well, we're hopeful that we're going to take all the precautions and make sure that everything is uh, put everybody in the best possible scenario. So we, we, we can't eliminate you know, you want to mitigate risk as much as you can. And right. so that's, that's, that's all we can hope for. Okay. You've had, you have teams that are coming from Southern California, Northern California and Oregon. Um, and obviously there's just such pent up demand for competition that it, it I think it's fair to say that, that you probably would not be getting that kind of, uh, of, of interest from outside the state if it weren't the case. Um, maybe, maybe you think that's not correct and I'm happy to hear that out. Um, have you heard from them at all about, uh, about these rules, about their unfamiliarity with competing for, you know, months and months and months uh, and, and whether or not, you know, just, or whether they're just simply super enthusiastic about being able to get back in the pool. I mean, overwhelmingly they're positive and want to, you know, they're ready to come. They want to travel. They want to, uh, participate and I, I, I I'm not under any illusions that if this was a typical year that they uh, would be happy to dr fly to Texas and get competition you know but they uh, I, I know that they why would you do that if it's uh, just as much competition 15 minutes down the road so we uh, we're happy to have them and we're glad that they're coming but uh, you know I hope that it, we get to the point where they just want to fly out to um, compete in a Texas tournament so but we're working towards that. So we're going to hopefully, you know, put our best foot forward and, you know, show them where that we can run a quality tournament and we have quality uh, athletes and teams and coaches and referees in this area so that they be uh, tempted to come back again. So. Well, and here's a pitch for your club that what they're going to miss out on is thunder hospitality. That's there's, <laughs> you might as well just set up like a carving station in that area. When you guys do like a chocolate fountain, didn't you do that? Actually, yeah. there's a chocolate fountain at some point. Anyway. Um, yeah, they're, yeah. they're going to be, they know, they don't know what they're missing out on, but they will, I think, and these tournaments are generally speaking quite well organized are, are they're going to experience that. Well, we're going to do our best. We have a great set of parents and great coaches and great kids and, you know, I, I, we work well with the referees and the tournament hosts, or I mean the facilities. And so we able to, uh, you know, get everything organized and hopefully stay on time, uh, make sure everybody has good experience and get great games. So everybody has a positive experience. So. You sold out pretty quickly. I think it, it seemed to me that it sort of, it, 
it started slightly slowly and then suddenly it, it it seemed as though teams understood oh wow we better commit before you know there are no more spots available and next next thing you know there are no spots available was that a surprise right. to you and was it a surprise as you saw the teams that began to enter where they were from yeah i was pleasantly surprised i was i mean i was expecting a few out of state teams cuz knowing that they're you know it's later in november i know their high school season for uh, boys and girls is coming up and so I, I thought, well, maybe we'll get some, you know, teams that are wanting to prepare for their high school season since they're not, you know, every county's different in L or in um, in LA, they're not allowed to do contact. And yeah. whereas Ventura, you know, so every has their different restrictions based on their their color coding, et cetera. And so, um, so when people started contacting me, I said, you know, once you get enough a critical mass, I, I need you to register because I I don't want. I only have so many game slots. And so, I mean, I wish I could accommodate, you know, you know, 50, 60 teams, whatever, but, uh, you know, like we're stretching it with the, the facilities. You know, I, I didn't think, you know, if it was in previous years where we maybe could have arranged it where we have three courses and I could have had more teams and, but I, that wasn't going to happen with, uh, you know, the restrictions that we have. There's no way that we were going to have six teams in, in the building at once. And so we were, we're working with the restrictions that we're given and we're happy to do so. And, you know, but every, every coach that I contacted, that contacted me, I said, once you get enough, get online and register because I, I don't want to y'all to parents to buy flights or book hotels. And then, I, and then you didn't register right. and then, but then you have a spot. And so I, I, there's nothing I can do. So. Right. Yeah. This is the first time my club has actually entered a tournament quite so early. So we, we had a good spot. Uh, at the I beginning. think you were on the first James. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have a group that's, uh, you know, consolidated enough now that I can depend on them to travel. And so for it's almost for the first time. And so, yeah, that worked out quite well. So, uh, anyhow, um, you have two kids in California. They're both in California. Or are they at home right now? Oh, my children. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, they are both in California at this moment and they're coming home actually right before the tournament starts. And so they're going to, I'll put them to work, make them do something. So to support the club. So they're, uh, my daughter is living out there, but they are not practicing at Pomona Pitzer. That's Sky what I was going to ask. The five C's are all, the campuses are closed. And so they're not allowing any athletics. And then my son is at um, California Baptist in Riverside and they are, they are remote classes, but the campus is open. So for all the dorms for students the, who choose to live on campus and the athletes and they're, they're COVID tested um, a week to 10 day, every week to 10 days. And okay. so, and then when, when season starts in January for NCAA, there'll be some NCAA testing that'll be going on at random for each sports teams for a certain number per week will be randomly tested for COVID. So. Right. Well, not only that, so they've been training at Cal. I, I, I don't think I'm ever going to get used to not calling it Cal Baptist, but they want you to call it California Baptist University or CBU. Sure. Um, uh, anyway, they, they are, they, they're practicing and they recently streamed uh, an inner squad match, right? How did Cameron do? Um, I was happy to see him play and, you know, like uh, get some confidence and, you know, get to play with, uh, you know, he's got, there's three Texans out there right now. Um, so it was Zach and Cabot. And so we're, uh, we're excited. I was excited to see him play and just, uh, you know, bond with his teammates and, you know, play at the next level, um, playing, 
playing bigger, stronger guys than, uh, you know, when you're, you're a freshman year that you haven't filled out yet and you're playing mm-hmm. against 21, 22 year old men. And, you know, my son is becoming one, but it's, so it's, uh, we were excited to see him play. And I, I mean, I, I, th- I thought he did well, but we'll see, you know, it's coaches, coaches evaluation and how they play and what, what they move forward with. So. Okay. Uh, I think that's about it. I was curious about that. And also about the, um, the way that the tournament has been shaping up and will, are you, is it possible that there'll be additional rules that you'll publish before the tournament takes place? Or are we generally speaking, probably fixed with those things? I'm wait. I'll just get the final. Um, I'll send it to all the coaches when I get the final draft. You know, because I, I have a the what they had sent to the um, school administration to get approved, mm-hmm. and then to see if that. So I, I don't think there'll be much changes. But you know, in these times, we're remember it's uh, <laughs> we're taking a lesson in flexibility, right, and adjustment, and you know, pivoting, and so all those keywords that we've had to learn in 2020. <laughs> Right. So, okay. And, and where is that information that that information gets emailed out to coaches? Is it published on your website also? Um, I was going to plan to send it out to all the, the coaches, but, uh, but we'll and let them forward it on. But right, right now it's not been published until it's finalized from the, the host. Yeah. So, okay. All right. That's Chris Cullen, head, uh, the program director at Thunder and, uh, what are you, aquatics director for, for the entire ISD, right? Uh, correct. Entire yeah. ISD. Yeah. That sounds really important. Yeah. And also my colleague with ODP, of course. So that's the most important. Very good. Chris Cullen. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for having me. And we're looking forward to hosting a fantastic event and seeing, uh, teams from around the country. So we're excited. Well, that's it for today, Joe, but a couple other things, right? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you have actually some ideas that you're noodling down on paper. No, I mean, there's, I mean, yeah, number one, there's going to be a couple of tournaments in, in December. We'll talk about those next week. That's going to be tagged in, in the Caltown's Tempede, both the weekend of December 12th, 13th in North Texas. So we got a tournament in November. we got a tournament in December for everybody. Um, uh, and then we're going to be having some... Uh, we don't have the dates just down yet, but been talking to some of the referee stuff. Um, we're gonna have a ref series of clinics here, just kind of once a month in uh, in November, December, January, and February. It's not gonna be like a clinic like here are the rules. It's gonna be it's maybe gonna talk about like oh one rule and then break it down a little bit and do some fun stuff. They're, they're going to do a coach series as well, either either once or twice a month. Again, starting in November, and that'll be kind of similar to what we did this past summer with all the different coach lessons and like like the weekly coach stuff we did, and then we'll do. Uh, and then, then um, you know, Andrew Uno started with kind of a watch party, so we're gonna kind of kind of bring that concept to everybody and have kind of a once a month where everybody gets together and watches the game, and then there's some breakout sessions and just talk about the game and stuff. So everybody, fun. everybody, meaning coaches and referees together, or separate, or coaches or just referees anyone. together. It's mass. It's mass hysteria. Oh um, yeah, well, that's the thing is you can invite all these fans and like I don't understand what these whistles are. It's like oh well, we might not have to, we might not go back that far to analyze what's going on. But anyway, yeah, that sounds pretty fun. I mean, given the givens as well, like everybody's so accustomed to Zoom. Okay, all right, cool. Thank you, Joe. All right, Jim, you take care. Oh, Joe, I have your shirt. I'm I'm uh, the envelope is right over on my shoulder right here, so it's coming to your house. Okay, perfect. Yeah, okay. My address. Yeah, I already have it. I already have it. Um, went to the post office today that's a mistake i really should just not do that all right thank you for listening for telling a friend about the tx water polo podcast special thanks to our givers and um, if you want to contribute to the cause go to tx 
com forward slash give. Check out the other total the other podcast at Total Water Polo. And but until next week, so long from Austin. Alright, take care. Bye. This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.